Welcome, listeners, to the Modern Classical Education at Home podcast. We are Jen Naughton, Courtney Ostaff, and Andrew Campbell. Before we start, did you notice something different? This podcast has a new name, Modern and Classical Education at Home. We've always talked about classically inspired secular homeschooling, and we wanted our name to reflect that focus better. We're here with in-depth reviews and ideas to support parents who are committed to providing their children with a rich and rigorous liberal arts education at home. We aim to be the NPR of homeschooling podcasts. Now, on to today's curriculum review, Memoria Press. For the sake of transparency, I just want to say that my first homeschooling book, The Latin-Centered Curriculum, was published by Memoria Press back in 2006. However, that book is permanently out of print, and I have no current affiliation with the company. What does Memoria Press offer? They offer a print curriculum, both religious and charter school secular for pre-K through 12, with some streaming video instruction, a quarterly catalog that doubles as a magazine, a moderated forum for parents, products for students with developmental delays, an online academy, a growing system of private Christian classical schools and cottage schools, conferences for homeschoolers and private schools. Memoria Press is headquartered in Louisville, Kentucky and promotes a traditional style of Christian classical education. The owners are Catholic, but their main curriculum is non-denominational, and their charter school program is a secularized version of that. The company champions a very traditional approach to education, with a focus on hard work, memorization, and, in their main curriculum, religion-based character training. If I had to sum up Memoria Press, I'd call it 1950s parochial school in a box. So let's start out with what we like about Memoria Press. It's easy to teach. You don't have to know anything about the subject at hand. And I mean that really. They make it so that you can hand the schedule and the teacher manual to nearly anyone and they can supervise your kids' lessons. The curriculum is very meat and potatoes. You don't have to worry about supplementing the three R's. I love that they break down books into easily digestible chunks, and if you begin their lit program in the primary years and continue into high school, you'll have kids fluent in all the literary terminology they will ever need. It's easier if you start when they're younger, because Memoria Press demands a lot from your student. They frame school as your child's work, and I agree with that. Anything that your child memorizes is there for them whenever they need it later on. I like their nature study-based yet very academic science in K-6, through and their geography program is a straightforward, just-the-facts approach to learn about the countries of the world. Mostly, I love the way they encourage parents so that they feel they can take on this task of home education and do it successfully. One of the key items for me in Memoria Press is their catalog. It's well-organized by grade, and it lists both a basic set and everything their typical reader might want to add on, including crafts and poetry. If you look at it, you'll see their recommendations are both rigorous and developmentally appropriate. Then, in the middle of the catalog, page 38 in the current issue, you can see everything at once laid out for all the grades. Memoria Press offers curricula that have explicit phonics backed by an emphasis on handwriting. No shilly-shallying about with balanced literacy here, and an old-fashioned arithmetic with an emphasis on gaining fluency and expertise. 
As well, Memoria Press offers morning work that uses retrieve practice to reinforce concepts. Like Jen said, the curriculum ramps up in difficulty as students get older, with a younger set focusing on reading, writing, and arithmetic, and low-key enrichment. While as they get older, Memoria Press adds in spelling, grammar, Latin, formal science, history, classical studies, Christian studies, composition, and literature study. Later years add logic and Greek as well as French. These subjects are supported by a thoroughly designed recitation system for moving information into long-term memory. As you may have noticed from the list of subjects Courtney just gave, Memoria Press approaches history differently from some other programs. They don't use a four-year world history cycle like The Well-Trained Mind or a combination of world and national history like core knowledge. Instead, they have three separate course streams that combine literature and history. Those are their classical studies, Christian studies, and American and modern studies curricula. Classical studies covers ancient Greek, Roman, and somewhat confusingly, medieval European biography with the famous men series. Christian studies focuses on the Bible and church history with an emphasis on faith formation. American and modern studies covers U.S. history, geography, and again, somewhat confusingly, European history from the Middle Ages to the modern era. In other words, medieval history is split between classical and modern studies. We'll talk a bit later about some of the textbook choices in these programs and what they do and don't include. One rarity is the extensive special education offering called Simply Classical for students who are developmentally delayed. It's designed for children to work on by skill level rather than necessarily by age level. I have not seen anything like it anywhere else. For example, they sell a fine motor skills set and math sets for those with math disabilities. You can even buy a social skills curriculum, which I bought and like just fine. Simply Classical fills a real need in the homeschool market. Outside of that core curriculum, they also have extensive read-aloud sets for the younger years with carefully curated literature selections, about one book per week, with classics like Ferdinand and Frog and Toad. Those regular read-aloud sets guarantee a knowledge-rich education, U.S. style, beginning with apple pie in the autumn and ending with fishing in the spring. For the parent, each week is a coordinated scripted lesson with a craft that supports a text and a piece of fine art that recalls topics in the book. Very often, even that week's music selection will work with it too. For even more expansion of a young child's world, they also offer an enrichment set focusing on history and science and another book or books every week. And this set, they make extensive use of that much-beloved Let's Read and Find Out science series, along with other curated selections like Town Mouse, Country Mouse by Jan Brett. Again, these come with pre-written questions designed to elicit understanding of underlying themes and concepts in the text with sample answers for parents. Now, I want to touch on the book sets a bit since that is smack dab in the middle of my wheelhouse. In general, I like their book sets. If you're following, I'm just going to shorten this to MP. If you're following MP in total, it's the only way your kids will get to read some of the classic children's lit that aren't included in their literature study guide collections. And I think it's very important that your child have time just to read and not formally narrate or be quizzed on vocab or content. What they've very smartly accomplished is to combine their own classical curriculum with a package of books that will allow the parent to get 
that lit based on the couch read aloud coziness that may draw them away from Memoria Press. It's genius, really, and exactly what I was already doing when we used a lot of their materials. We could whip through academics in the morning and then use either the read aloud sets or American history sets to anchor our afternoons. Now, you won't find any current books on these lists. For example, in the fifth grade, you'll find Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, The Prince and the Pauper, A Christmas Carol, Number of the Stars, A Wrinkle in Time, The Winged Watchman, Call it Courage, Island of the Blue Dolphins, Little Lord Fauntleroy, The Incredible Journey, and Black Beauty. All great books. But you won't get to read modern classes like Mercy Sora's Changes Gears by Meg Medina or Hello Universe by Aaron and Trotta Kelly. And older kids won't read All American Boys by Brendan Keeley and Jason Reynolds. In a perfect world, you read your kids' books like Alice in Wonderland and The Incredible Journey before they could read them on their own so that in their middle grades, they're ready to read more modern books that they can relate to during their free reading time. In my own homeschool, we were always studying one book during school, and oftentimes I utilize the MP guides. They are thorough and they save me a lot of time and energy. However, I also try to assign a more modern equivalent to read alongside it this year we're reading Pride and Prejudice. We're also reading Pride and Premeditation by Tears of Price. I love comparing and contrasting using modern retellings. Over the last 20 years of homeschooling, I learned how to teach and I can pull all those lit guide terms out of modern books too. Now, I'm not saying don't read books by old dead white men. I'm saying that you need a balance and homeschooled kids who spend 12 years only reading out of the public domain are going to be at a disadvantage. Let us talk about how Memoria Press pulls a Martha Stewart, who famously said in a 2001 Time Magazine article, I've taught America the way to make their beds, and they love it. In a lot of ways, Memoria Press taught homeschoolers how to make their daily schedule with their grade-level curriculum manuals, and they love it. Every day has a subject list with a checklist reasonably paced for the average parent and average child to work through. You don't need to worry about what to do and when. You simply open the curriculum manual to that day's page and work your way through the checklist, knowing that when you're done, you've made sure that your child has a thorough, rigorous education. If you want to make your own checklist, they offer the lesson plans for sale inexpensively, ranging from about $7 to $12 in both print and digital format. Want to use just the enrichment sets or only the composition? They'll sell it to you all laid out day by day. You can use these to customize your child's education and ensure they're working to Memoria Press's rigorous standards. If you get the book sets from the library, everything else will cost you about $500 doable for most parents. The younger years are less expensive and the older years are more expensive. Because Memoria Press is widely known as being high quality, the resale value on these sets commonly runs from 50 to 70% of the original price. So you can buy it used and sell it the next year, rolling over your initial investment. I've done it myself. Those are some of the many things we like about Memoria Press. What are some things that might be sticking points for our listeners? First, parents should be aware that the whole curriculum is workbook-based and very writing-intensive. This may or may not work for you, depending on your preferred teaching style and your children's needs. 
if the writing is too much, you can adapt the workbooks by having students answer some or all of the comprehension questions orally in the earlier grades or by scribing for your child. I tend to favor this, actually, because their workbooks come with answers in the teacher's guide. They ask good questions and demand good answers. However, their religious background is clearly evident in the way the questions are framed with an emphasis on character and morality. Next, let's talk about their approach to Latin and how it relates to the rest of the curriculum. As you would expect from a company that promotes a more traditional understanding of classical education as education in classics, Latin is the centerpiece of the Memoria Press Language Arts program. Although they do offer some supplemental materials for English grammar and composition, they teach grammar primarily through their Latin curriculum. Their Latin and Greek curricula all use the grammar translation method, a parts-to-whole approach in which students memorize grammar rules and vocabulary and then apply them by translating back and forth between their native language and the target language, in this case, English and Latin or Greek. This is a very traditional way to teach and learn classical languages. But let's just say that we've learned a lot about language acquisition since Winston Churchill was a boy. The problem with the grammar translation method is that it tends to treat the Latin sentence like an algebra problem. Instead of finding X, you're finding the verb. It doesn't help students internalize the structures and vocabulary of Latin. That is, it doesn't teach them to think in Latin, but instead it encourages them to translate in their heads as well as on paper. Mental translation is an unavoidable first step in learning a language, but it shouldn't be the end point. The dirty secret among classics majors even those who teach Latin or Greek at the university level in some cases, is that many of them cannot read fluently. They need to deconstruct every sentence and translate it, often with the aid of a dictionary, to get the meaning. They may be able to do this fairly quickly, but often not to the point that they can simply read and understand a text as any student of French or German or Mandarin is expected to. In other words, they have what in academia is called reading knowledge, of a language where more or less heavy use of a dictionary is expected, but they don't have real reading fluency. And frankly, it's a professional embarrassment, which is why there's a movement within classics to encourage the use of teaching methods borrowed from the modern languages. Most contemporary Latin programs like Cambridge Latin or Ecce Romani are designed to give students more practice in reading extended prose passages since that's the bulk of what classic students do. Hans Orberg's Lingua Latina per se illustrata takes this a step further by teaching Latin completely in Latin, although most teachers do in practice teach grammar points in English or whatever the student's state of language may be. Orberg, by the way, is taught widely in China. Orberg's method strongly encourages the use of oral Latin in the classroom. Finally, increasing numbers of high school and college Latin teachers are adopting the communicative method, which has been the dominant teaching method for modern languages for the last 30 plus years. It's what I was trained in in graduate school back in the late 80s and early 90s, so it's nothing new. In fact, a book on applying the communicative method to classical languages just came out this spring. There are newer programs that integrate techniques from the communicative method, like Christoph Rico's Forum and Polis texts for Latin and Greek, respectively. My own Latin program, I Speak Latin, also uses the communicative method and related teaching techniques drawn from modern language teaching, like total physical response. Traditionalists like to claim that Latin is, quote, logical, and that using the parts-to-whole method 
train students to think logically. There is no actual evidence for this claim. And amusingly, you hear exactly the same arguments from teachers of Sanskrit. The fact is that, as Robert Patrick explains in his article of the same name, Latin is not different. It's a natural human language like any other and can and should, ideally, be taught just like any other, which means including all four language modalities, listening, speaking, reading, and writing. If you leave out listening and speaking, you are hamstringing your student, since these are the two language modes that are natural to humans. Reading and writing are cultural developments, not inborn capacities. So, if your goal is to have your child be able to read Latin fluently by the end of high school, I'd recommend not using a grammar translation program like Memoria Presses, or at least not exclusively. If you do want to go the grammar translation route, consider supplementing with a reading-based program like Cambridge or Lingua Latina. But let's be honest here. Having their students read Latin texts in the original language is not the goal of most parents I've met, even those who are very comfortable with the classical label. Most parents who teach Latin in their homeschools do it to increase their children's English vocabulary and their understanding of grammar. For those purposes, something like Memoria Press's form series is fine. Although, honestly, if that's all you want, going to the trouble of learning Latin is overkill. Just teach English grammar and use a roots-based vocabulary program. Boom, you're done. That said, Memoria Prus's program is very easy to teach for parents who don't know Latin themselves, and since that's most parents, it will likely remain a favorite despite its methodological limitations. Switching gears, let's talk about science. Memoria Press's science curriculum is light in K-6. through It's focused on nature study, doable nature study that doesn't require you to illegally collect leaves and rocks from parks. In K and first grade, science is handled very gently in the optional science and enrichment set. Second grade uses the rod and staff patterns of nature. And in later grades, Memoria Press has created year-long elementary level courses in mammals, third grade, astronomy, fourth grade, insects, fifth grade, birds, sixth grade, and trees, seventh grade, where they also introduce Tyner's Christian biology text. In older grades, they mostly use Novare for science, a company now owned by Classical Academic Press, another Christian classical publisher. Although the Novare textbooks do present evolution and mainstream geologic history, these are emphatically Christian textbooks with religion baked in. The one exception is a thoroughly secular Holt, Reinhardt, and Winston's Modern Biology, which Memoria Press recommends for ninth grade. They offer a course designed around this text, especially for homeschoolers. By the way, Novare also publishes centripetal textbooks, which are secular and aimed at middle and high school. They offer physics, physical science, chemistry, and earth science. I do like Memoria Press's thorough nature studies. They're so fun. I agree. If you're going to do nature study for science in elementary school, this is how you bring rigor to that subject. Agreed. I have special love for the fourth grade astronomy set, which mixes mythology and constellations in. Sadly, I don't think it really works as a full year program for older students. I'm also a fan of patterns of nature that they use for second grade. We talked about that in another podcast, but essentially it's 30 life science lessons with an emphasis on explicit instruction, and it discusses plants and animals rural children would see in daily life. 
On to math. For those of you who aren't already conversant with the math wars, there are two main camps, and USA and math education tends to swing back and forth between the two. In the last couple of decades, here in the United States, we've swung hard towards one side, the conceptual side. Basically, the conceptual argument is that kids should learn the theory of math and that being good at math doesn't require an emphasis on math facts or procedures. In other words, the goal is number sense, not fact fluency. The question then becomes, is this answer reasonable and not, is this the most efficient way to do the problem and get a correct answer? On the other side of the math wars is the procedural fluency emphasis, and the argument here is that understanding comes by doing, and that fact fluency underlies the ability to do complex procedures. Here, the goal is putting as much material into long-term memory as possible, as early as possible, to make later math concepts easier. This is the memorize your multiplication tables in third grade so you can do long division efficiently in fifth grade line. And when doing fractions, don't be shy, flip it and multiply battalion. For many reasons, I lean towards the procedural fluency emphasis. Memoria Press is old-fashioned here as well, and their math curricula choices lean strongly to the procedural side. They use an explicitly Christian curriculum, Rod and Staff, in grades one through six. One could substitute Saxon Math third edition if you wanted a secular, rigorous sort of equivalent. Rod and Staff math is really easy to teach, in my experience. Their teacher's manuals are very explicit, and Memoria Press offers their own lesson plans as well. The Christian content is definitely there, but if you could ignore Bible quotes, the bottom of the page, and word problems involving cubits and pies for church socials, you'll be fine. There is a lot of drill like you'd find in Saxon, so if you have students who don't retain math facts easily, it's a good choice. It's also one of the most affordable math programs out there, and I've found the hardcover textbooks and teacher's manuals to have good resale value as well. I like Rod and Staff math also. I bought them and I let my kids write in the book, which <laughs> negates its resale value, but made my life easier. <laughs> I feel like, especially for kids who aren't mathy right off the bat, Rod and Staff can be a place where math is comfortable. The manual makes it very easy for a non-trained teacher to teach math concepts. And then there's plenty of practice for the student and enough so that it isn't painful to do the memorization between all the kids. I've used grades one through seven, and I actually prefer it in the younger years to Saxon. In seventh grade, I took one of my kids back through all the parts of the Rod and Staff books, four, five, and six, and I hit everything he needed to solidify his knowledge before pre-algebra, and that worked out great for us. Later on, Memoria Press uses a fairly secular, standard pre-algebra text from College of the Redwoods. Then they move to video text, Algebra 1, Algebra 2, and Geometry in 8th, 9th, and 10th. Video text has an excellent reputation. It's recommended for after Right Start Math, for example. Memoria Press does not offer math curricula beyond Algebra 2, but at their academy, they use Larson's Pre-Calculus and Calculus textbooks. We've already touched on how Memoria Press organizes their history program, but we need to say a bit more about the materials they use. As Jen was saying about their literature program, they tend to rely on old public domain texts, lightly edited in some cases to remove some outdated language, but unfortunately not all of it. All of these texts are intensely Eurocentric. 
And as the titles of many of them indicate, they take a great men approach to history. That is, the focus is on the actions of a few prominent individuals, mostly monarchs, conquerors, and other political leaders, virtually all of them male. This is very much a Western Civ approach with a strong emphasis on church history. Although they sell Story of the World on their site, it doesn't appear to be scheduled into their program. In fact, there doesn't seem to be any coverage of history outside the European and North American sphere. There also doesn't seem to be anything about pre-colonization American history other than the obligatory mention of Squanto. Likewise, the authors they teach in their literature program are almost uniformly white, European or American, Christian, male, and upper class. The few women who appear are, you guessed it, white, Christian, and upper class. If you're looking for diverse representation on any front, this ain't it, folks. Which brings us to the elephant in the room. Memoria Press is unabashedly conservative, religiously, culturally, and politically. Their tagline is saving Western civilization, one student at a time. As a homeschooling parent, you need to sit with this and decide whether it's something you want to support. We'll put some links in the show notes that go into the history of the term Western civilization and why it's kind of problematic, and how classical tropes have been appropriated by political extremists, especially online. Whatever side of the culture wars you come down on, remember, you always have the option of buying used curriculum if you don't want to give a company your money, or you can simply choose to support other businesses. In keeping with their traditionalist approach, Memoria Press takes the no-nonsense position that learning is hard work. Their curriculum contains zero fluff, which means that there are just about none of the fun hands-on activities or rabbit trails that some homeschoolers live for. You can always add in some projects of your own, but don't expect the curriculum to help you do that. In 2018, I attended the Homeschool Teachers Conference that they hold every summer. Side note, you can watch them online on the Memorial Press site. I checked this morning and I think they're about $25 for each year. And then you would get to stream it over and over. Anyhow, I found it extremely helpful to attend the breakout sessions that were taught by teachers from the Highlands Latin School. That is the school that Memorial Press runs. For one thing, like all classrooms... They don't cover the entire book each year. You purchase that schedule from Memoria Press, but in their own school, they aren't doing every single lesson. For example, in their writing program, teachers told me they cover maybe 11 or 12 lessons all year. That made me feel so much better about using my own judgment. And who knew? I assumed that if the lesson plan had 30 lessons, then you were supposed to be teaching 30 lessons. What I didn't realize is that each year the teacher would take a few lessons from each lower level of the program and then spend the rest of the year on the current level, ensuring that there was constant yearly review of all the skills. That makes so much sense, and it's more important than just finishing the book for that year. They expect a lot of every student, no matter what their ability or learning differences are. I really love their stance on teaching every child to persevere, even when it would be easier on the parent and the child to slack off. 
I'm okay with this, honestly. Not everything in life needs to be fun. And I believe that my children need to learn to stick with tasks without immediate rewards. I don't like doing my taxes every year or doing research to compare county commission candidates, but I do it anyway. Once you lose that expectation that learning should always be fun and joyful, then you can learn some grit. Angela Duckworth, the psychologist who literally wrote the book on grit and why it's important, says that it's about learning to practice difficult things, even when you don't feel like it. You can teach your children endurance and drive. Her daughters learn this through piano lessons and other families do sports, but academics count too. Carol Dweck wrote an entire book about how recognizing that you can get better at difficult tasks leads to later success. Much as I love to roll my eyes at pop psychology books, this research holds up even internationally, though it is actually, of course, far more complex than I think I can, I think I can. But when you intertwine these two ideas, fun curriculum becomes far less important. Instead, we're homeschooling for character development with an eye towards the long run. I have to agree. I I've seen so many parents drop curricula and even whole subjects because they say their kids find them boring. And then they freak out when their kids get to high school and they don't know their math facts or can't write a coherent paragraph. I have to admit, I find this really concerning. If your child is bored because they already know the material inside and out, that's one thing. In that case, you need to go up one or more levels until the child is being adequately challenged. Or you need to find a more challenging curriculum altogether. I know everyone wants their children to be happy and engaged with learning 100% of the time. That's simply not realistic. No one ever died from a little repetition or even a lot of repetition. The fact is that most children need that practice to move information into their long-term memory. And that's pretty much the definition of learning right there. But just as often, boring is kids speak for hard. Learning is strenuous. It taxes the working memory. It's normal for humans of any age to avoid this kind of strain if they can, but especially if they're too young or inexperienced to have a clear sense of why a particular task is important. As Courtney says, kids don't know what they don't know, and one of the things they don't know is how a particular learning task fits into the big picture of their education. If your child says something is boring, but they clearly don't understand the topic or skill, what they need is better explanations more scaffolding, and more, not less, practice. What kinds of families would Memoria Press work best for? We'll definitely appeal to people who like efficient, no-frills curricula with clean design and who are comfortable with conservative Christian values. If you're a secular or left-of-center family, you might be able to use the Lit Guides, but you'll probably want to supplement pretty heavily to make up for the Eurocentric focus of Memoria Press's offerings. We'll also almost surely want to look elsewhere for history and possibly for science as well. Parents who want a straightforward, easy-to-teach Latin program to reinforce English grammar and vocabulary will like Memoria Press's program. Parents who have children with mild to moderate developmental delays who are interested in the wealth of a classical education will really like this as well. This is a rare offering. Charlotte Mason Plenary is the only other option, actually, that we're aware of. 
I have kids with executive functioning issues and Memoria Press was super helpful in that I already had a good schedule to work with right off the bat. The boxes in the catalog hardly ever worked for us as my kids were all over the place with leveling. But here's a secret. If you're buying all your subjects from Memoria Press, you can call or email them with a list of everything you need for the year. And no matter what kind of mix and match leveling your kid needs, they will give you the package price. Kids that don't excel executive functioning thrive on a routine. It helps keep their work straight in their minds. And knowing every day starts off with math, for instance, is wonderful for them. MP is the best laid out open and go curriculum for teachers and parents who are serious about academics. Now, if they'd only let me tweak their literature selections, update their history, and well, how can I say this kindly, be a bit more inclusive, I'd be all in. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And if you found this episode helpful, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Then join us next time for some real talk about homeschooling.